series of eight-second commercials that he did for clients, regional clients. With the Muppets. With the Muppets, with a, a, a particular set of, of characters that were used just for that. He did literally hundreds of those commercials over a period of time. It was a real challenge. It was one of the first writing challenges I had when I went back to join the company because you had six and a half seconds of audio in which to be entertaining and sell a product. <laughs> it was a really good exercise for a beginning writer. <laughs> What was your background? I was a person who had been obsessed with puppets when I was uh, quite young. By the age of 11, I was building puppets. And uh, by the high school years, I was doing birthday parties and street fairs and you know whatever I could uh, scrounge together. And what kind of puppets did you use? Oh, I had been various kinds. The, the normal Punch and Judy time, I had also worked in marionettes, which are the stringed puppets. And I took a degree in theater, so I had kind of gotten into it that way. Went back and joined Jim, and then during that same period, in addition to the Salmon Friends and the, and the commercial work, the Muppets were also getting occasional guest shots on network television shows. Television almost entirely lacks variety shows today, but in those days there were quite a number of them, and the Muppets would appear fairly regularly on shows like Ed Sullivan and Jack Parr and the various shows like that. How did it get from Salmon Friends to the Muppets? The name of the performing company, the name of the puppet company, was The Muppets, which Jim had coined. He created that word as a, a combination of the word puppet and marionette, thinking that he was going to do marionettes, which in fact he almost never did. But that's how the name term Muppets was born, and that became sort of the overall name for everything that the company did with puppets over the years. Sam and Friends was a production of Muppets Incorporated, and we called those characters Muppets. In fact, the most famous Muppet of all, Kermit the Frog, was actually on Sam and Friends. He didn't actually look like a frog in those days, but uh, you'd recognize him. In some ways, Jim Henson led this kind of charmed life. It's always the, the classic story of the people who succeed in show business always starve for 10 years before anything happened. Jim never starved. Jim was financially successful from the very beginning. It all worked for him as, as a business. But he struggled for 15 years doing a whole lot of stuff that wasn't what he wanted to do. It was the same sort of process. That what he was struggling for was the creative freedom to, uh, to do the kind of work that, that he was really interested in. How old was he when he started that television series? Jim was still in his teens when he started doing Salmon Friends. When I joined, I was, I think, 22 and he was 23 or 4. He must have been very happy. Oh, yeah, it was amazing because I had seen the Muppets on a couple of their uh, network appearances and on the, their commercials before I met Jim and was offered the job. The Muppets were, it seemed to me, the strangest group of performance pieces I had ever seen in my life. The creatures that were the Muppets were like these weird little outer space creatures doing this very strange, off-the-wall comedy things of a, of a nature that I had never seen before. And they looked like they came from another planet. And I remember my first chance to meet Jim Henson, I expected to find myself in the presence of some really strange fella and he turned out to be this most suburban looking guy you know driving a Pontiac station wagon and having two little kids and living in a, a house in suburbia in Washington completely sort of normal people doing this completely wacky work where was he inspired how did he get his ideas for those faces and grimaces and the way they act Jim was a genius I don't know it, it just came to him. Yeah, I would sit in meetings with Jim, and I've sat in hundreds of meetings with Jim where he'd sat with the yellow pad and would just cover the pages, page after page, with doodles of characters, just little creatures and characters. And it, it just poured out of him. He just saw the world that way and uh, brought it to the rest of us.
It must have been so interesting to work with him and know him. He was amazing. He was an amazing fellow to know and also very tiring. It was very tiring trying to keep up with him. He was <laughs> just indefatigable people. He would, the wonderful things about Jim is that he really didn't separate life and work. He got up in the morning and he started doing what he loved to do, and that was work, and he just kept doing it all day. Work and play were pretty much the same thing to him. We came out of this period, the period I was just talking about, which, which lasted all sort of through the 60s, during which time Jim moved the operation to New York, was involved in a lot of different projects. And all through that time, one of the tenants that Jim had, one of the things he would always talk about in regards to his company was that he was doing puppetry for adults. In this country, puppetry was so thoroughly associated with children's entertainment. He had nothing against that. It's just that he had been to Europe. He had seen, you know, there was, there's a great tradition in Europe of puppetry as political and social satire and puppetry really playing for an adult audience. And, and that's what he wanted to do in this country. A bit of irony occurred around that because then in the late 1960s, Jim agreed to do...